Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to another episode of Market Proof Marketing. And this one is by special request of you, the audience, who has reached out to us and said, this forward commitment thing, all these low interest rates that people are showing, we don't understand as a smaller builder in a single market or even a larger builder that has an in-house lender that is saying, we can't offer this program. We don't understand how this works. We don't know how people are doing it. And can you please get an expert on? And so we dove into our network. And uh, for those of you who were at the summit this year and saw Josh Romney speak on mortgage and finance, uh, he's the chairman of Intercap Lending, but he uh, connected us with Brock Worthen, our guest today, who is the president of Intercap Lending. And that means he knows even more than Josh about how this stuff all actually works. <laughs> so Brock, thanks so much for hopping on uh, to the program today. Hey, yeah, you said that I didn't, right? So, I know, no. that's the fun part. I can say anything. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. This is a, this is a topic that I, I'm actually really excited about and something that has been a new challenge for us in the, in the mortgage industry and really fun to help educate builders about, hey, this is one more tool in your bag to, to help move inventory right now. Yeah, it is, a, it is a big tool. And I remember in the Great Recession, at times, um, you were selling homes at margins that were almost flat in order to make money off of the mortgage and title and everything else. And I feel like in today's world, it's almost flipped, where it's like we have so much margin in the home price that we can use mortgage as a really strategic tool to move uh, move homes that we need to move. So, at, and again, all through this episode, everyone, I had personal experience using these tools back in 08 and 09, um, but I'm sure a lot of things have changed. So I'm intentionally going to like play dumb in some cases just to give Brock an opportunity to make it really clear to everyone how these programs work. So let's just, I guess, start with the basics. When we're d d Tell me the difference when I see one home builder offering a, um, a certain mortgage rate uh, that might be using a forward commitment and one that is is not. Like talk talk to us about I guess forward commitments. What what does that mean? What's the benefit of using a forward commitment? So the the benefit of the forward commitment is everyone in the in the real estate world is 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 familiar with the concept of the interested party contribution, right? So all the GFCs have interested party contribution maximums. Um, the builder forward commitment is a way to get around those limits, right? And and it's. Fannie has has given its blessing that you can any costs associated with a what they term a standby commitment or what's in the industry a builder forward commitment can be excluded from any interested party cal calculations. So if you just wanted to on a single loan, you know you're willing to throw in you know three points to buy a rate down. Well, that's going to get you you know about a percent in the note rate. And so we started getting calls, you know, probably in April of this year saying. How was this builder advertising 399? Like that that our lender's telling us that's gonna cost us 12 points to get there. And we, the limit is six, right? Correct. Correct. And so let, let's just let's just slow down because I know there's a lot of people in our audience 
They're like, they just used a bunch of acronyms and said things as, as statements of fact. And I don't know what those terms mean. So um, talk about the the standardized limits on on seller concession and kind of where that comes from and the purpose of that. Yeah, so the, the purpose of the, the limits on the, the standardized concession is really for Fannie and Freddie to make sure that they understand the true market value of their collateral. Because if you're selling something and then giving you know 20% away, and that affects the value of the collateral. So depending on the loan terms, the seller concessions or the interested party contribution limits are going to be either 3%, 6%, or sometimes as, as high as 9%. Um, and so that, that when I talk about interested party contributions, that's that's the framework we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And so you're getting these calls because people are saying, hey, I'm limited at six in order for me just going to my typical lender to buy the rate down from where it is, I would have to use 12% of the purchase price to get there, which means I can't do it. How the heck are these people doing it? And what you're exactly. saying is that the forward commitment allows, because it's one of the ways I put it, and you tell me if this is uh, oversimplified and shouldn't be said again, and I won't, um, is because it's not a individual transaction cost, but you're going and, and putting up, you know, all of your funds over here that could be used for, for, any individual transaction down the line, but it's not it's because it's not connected to an individual transaction or an individual buyer when it's done. That's kind of the loophole of, Hey, this is like a general cost of doing business. That's, that's off to the side. Or I think I like the way you put it of, this is a, uh, to the side. Yeah. Or a loophole and end around, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to describe it. But that, that analogy that you just said is, is exactly right because it's not connected to an individual mortgage transaction. That's Fannie's justification. Specifically, they say that, right? It can't be tied to one house. It yeah. can't be tied to an individual mortgage transaction, right? So, I mean, our, our philosophy on that is, well, but it says it can't be one, but it can be two. And that's the challenge is a, a lot of, of people have looked at these builder forwards and said, this is just for the national home builders. This is just for the publicly traded, you know, home builders because they have, you know, they, they have to keep shareholders happy and they have unlimited money, right? That's at least that's what we tell yeah. ourselves sometimes about the big guys. Um, but the reality is, is the vast majority of, of, of trades or builder forwards that we're taking now are for small or mid-sized builders. Some trades that really are aimed at moving three or four houses. And, and intercap for those of you who may not be familiar is the, like, where are you in the, in the hierarchy of like number of of loans done. You're, you're up there, like top three, top four in the country. Oh, no, in the country? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't have time for this call if we were talking. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm no. glad you're not that yeah, successful. You know, we're, we're about in that top hundred. And, and that's exactly kind of where we want to be because we're direct uh, with Fannie, Freddie, and Jenny. And we, we service in-house, which kind of sets us apart. So our relationship with those um, government-sponsored entity partners runs very deep. And so we are originating loans in 40 states. We've been around since 1978. And and, and again, like this, this wave of coming back to builder forwards, sometimes the industry can get a little mundane. And this, this is something that really excited me because it is something that it's old. And, you know, when we were talking before, you know, you were doing this in 2008. Nobody really from 2010 to yeah. uh, November of last year this was off everyone's radar and yeah. it really just came back with a vengeance, you know, starting late last year, early this year. Um, and 
part of this is just how my mind works, but you'll, you'll keep us on track. Do you think the reason it disappeared in like 010 is because the amount of finished standing inventory kind of more or less declined to that point? Like I remember we were really pivoting as most builders were like, we don't want to build any more specs than we have to. And uh, so that leads me to, can you do a forward commitment that would apply to a new build scenario uh, or does it need to be a, a home that can close quickly? So if you're looking, the, the key to learn about uh, these, these is, read all of the disclaimers on all the advertisements that you're seeing. It, it actually very, is very educational. And you'll see, um, without an exception that I found, these are now for move-in ready homes or for your specs. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had a conversation with uh, oh, probably 30 builders in the last 30 days on this topic. And I, I am convinced that the builder forwards right now are being used to move existing inventory. Nobody's digging a hole based on these. Um, in the future, though, it's going to be part of successful builder sales strategy. You're you're mm -hmm. you're going to build a component of this, and it might be, hey, we know these three lots have horrible views, or these two units in the condo complex they got bad access, yeah. their parking's tough. We know that we're going to have to save some margin in there because these two units are going to be difficult to move. Yeah, I was just talking to a builder in the southwest, and they have. Um one side of the street in a community is in a floodplain where the insurance is going to be like $500 extra on top of regular insurance every month. And we went right to, okay, you should be considering a forward commitment on these to at least offset that expense because why would a consumer choose to buy? And, and they'd already had a couple specs on a couple of them, unfortunately. So, yep. um, okay. So it can be used for construction. And I think that leads me to the other thing of why would Fannie and Freddie be okay with this is in theory, if, if it's like bulk buying any other commodity that's going into the product. And when you do it in bulk, it's affecting a larger swath of the market. And maybe that protects values differently than like doing something extreme just for one homeowner. Um, I think you're absolutely right, but I'll just give you a little, uh, you know, I, I I can't predict the future, but I can tell you based on my conversations, um, the way these are considered in appraisals now is that they are not considered. Mm, um, right. I know based on conversations that we've had about how we're doing this, that it's being, there's, there is some discussion about how these ought to be considered in appraisals moving forward. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Some people won't like hearing that. Um, but I, I think it, it does, it does make sense to at least be talked about to make sure that we're not, you know, creating anything that's going to be an issue down the road. But if it can be used for, for, for new bills as well, you're right. I don't hear anyone really talking about that. And your margin is still going to be higher on a new build typically. Uh, and so to be able to, wow, that's just fascinating. I, I just really haven't heard anyone talk about that. At all. Okay. Let, let's skip to the, skip on to the question that you were alluding to earlier, where um, some builders are saying, look, we can't afford to do this because we don't have the same amount of money as as God that that Lennar or DR or some of these really large builders are doing. That's what I'm going to start referring to those builders now. Yeah. Can, can you can you give us I mean, I worked for one of them NVR for a long time. It is nice to have several billion dollars in cash uh, that makes things easier sometimes. But the um, the question is, what are kind of 
I know there's wide ranges and there's lots of optionality for builders, which is important to understand that you can kind of build what you want in, in many cases. But if I want to secure a forward commitment of, of I'm going to use really small numbers because math is the subject I took uh, twice in my, my junior and senior year of the same class. So I don't, I don't like going there when I don't have to. I want a million dollars and my average sales price is $100,000. That would equate to roughly 10 sales that I can put into that for a commitment of a million dollars. Um, are we talking that it's going to cost me $500,000 to get, like, is there a ratio? Is there a percentage? What, what, what kind of cost are we talking about? Yeah, I always am a little bit nervous about using rules of thumb, but the rule yeah. of thumb for a builder forward is about 3% to buy the rate down permanently 1%. Um, so, you know, today to get from, you know, market rate, let's just say, let's say it's seven and a half for easy math, to get to six and a half or 6.49 is going to cost you right around 3% of that pool, right? And that pool is based on loan amount, not on sales price. Right. Right. And so the, the, mm, the so the down payment the, doesn't count. Correct. And so that's why you really need to when you're when you're going through this, you need to talk to someone who's taken these down before so they can show you what levers you're going to pull, because, you know, you need to decide up front. Our target client has these characteristics. Here's the minimum FICO we're looking after. Here's the uh, LTV, you know, the 5% down buyer. Uh, we're looking at, you know, people that are going to occupy these for as a primary residence only at this note rate, right? Those have, those things have huge impact on the price of that trade. And so you need to be able to talk through that. And everyone's like, well, if it's cheaper to do an 800 credit score, then, then I want to do it at 800. Well, then your target pool of buyers is extremely small. And you're gonna yeah, and then you might not use all that money, which you're paying to have the privilege of using, whether it's get used or it gets used or not. So you do want to consider essentially the conversion rate opportunity of that market you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes Absolutely. all the sense in the world. And again, explains why you definitely don't want to just um do this on your own without really thinking through it with someone like yourself. Yep. And look, I love I love talking about this. I've met with several builders that have close relationships with other lenders or one builder that has a lender in-house. And I said, look, I'm happy to walk you through the numbers. I'm happy to walk you through how we do it here. And there's there's a, there's a million ways to do it. Um, and so, you know, anybody that's listening, you can give out my cell phone number. Oh, Kevin. yeah. Well, oh, they, wow. That, that might can, be a first uh, for the podcast, but we'll take it. They can call me or text me and say, hey, give me 30 minutes. Let's walk <laughs> through this. Because I do think successful builders need to understand this, whether they, whether they do it or not right now, you need yeah. to at least understand how can this fit into my strategy today or down the road. Yep. And if you're uh, a marketer or a sales manager, um, probably not division president, but someone where you're being told, you know, your customers have to use our preferred lender or in-house lender, just do me a favor and try to position the conversation as in the worst case scenario, Let's just make sure that th that our in-house lender who isn't offering a forward commitment and won't offer a forward commitment for our buyers gets first pass. And then if the customer doesn't want to do business, they can they can use this secondary option. It's not, of course, what uh, someone that, that maybe you have shared ownership in both companies, that, that owner is not going to be excited about that, but they are going to be excited about getting homes sold. And again, in, in 08 and 09, it was like, we can't do this ourselves. We were a relatively small single market builder. We we loved using our own finance company. 
but we like selling homes a lot more. And um, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid to have that conversation and don't let the fact that your current folks can't do it as, I mean, there's just, it's a big enough deal that you have to be okay with breaking the mold a little bit. And um, if you're currently, if their current lender wants to call me or text me, I'm happy to talk to them too. Like, right. You know, I'm yeah. a believer. This is a big market. Like the more educated, even our, uh, even our competitors are, it makes, it makes us all better. Like I, this is something that right now the industry needs. It helps consumers. It helps bail out home builders. This is it why Josh offers. sent you our way. Cause you are, you're nicer <laughs> than Josh to be sure. Um, when you have a face as pretty as Josh, you don't have to be nice. When you know when you <laughs> you got a face made for radio, you gotta you gotta be nice to people. You're gonna That's need a right. paper. So I've I've seen some and and talked to some of our builders who are doing in what I consider like an exotic version of this, where they are doing a forward commitment that gets the rate like in the sixes, maybe six point seven five or some something kind of it's it's good, but it's not amazing. And then they're doing an additional buy down that is unique to each transaction. So there's no risk on that forward commitment of somehow combining or connecting. And maybe you can explain this to me uh, like a two, one buy down or, or, or a three, one, or in one case I saw, I think I saw DR Horton or somebody doing like a seven, one on top of a forward commitment. Is that, am I reading that wrong? Have you ever heard of such a thing happening? Why would people do that? Absolutely. It can be incredibly it can that can provide the best bang for your buck in some circumstances, right? So okay, it's one thing more. buying buying a rate down to three point nine nine is going to be incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. but you buying that rate down to five nine nine and then and then layering on a two one buy down gives <laughs> you the ability, you know, to 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 sell to your customer that that one year rate at three nine nine with and save 10 points of cost, right? So what we do every time we go through these numbers is I'll pull up and I'll say, here's today's pricing, right? And there've been several uh, several of our partners that have decided, hey, we wanna take out a trade at, in the sixes, right? At six and a half and do a two, one buy down. And that can be you know half the cost and bring more people to the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that makes a ton of sense because uh, I'm always concerned about the psychology of the consumer, and what I hear that a lot of these conversations go is, "Hey, okay, I I saw this, uh, you know, three point nine nine or whatever crazy low rate. What's the catch?" Yep. And and the consumer is like waiting, certain certain that they're going to hear some version of, "Well, if you don't refinance in two years, it's going to go to ten. Or up to yep. t- like it's going to go some crazy bad direction, and so to be able to say, hey, um, worst case scenario, you've got a thirty year fixed on on or you know you got this protection of the the worst rate you're going to have is going to be six and a half, but for the first two, three, five, seven years, we're going to make it even easier. But your your risk is capped, and Absolutely. I think that's a really um, it's a it's a nuanced, complex conversation to have, but I think it the end of the day, it provides the certainty because we are hearing that the 30-year fixed part of this conversation is incredibly important to consumers, maybe irrationally so from a pure dollars and cents perspective, but it gives them a sense of security that they're craving right now. Yep. I, you're, you're absolutely right. And that and that is exactly how we've seen it sold successfully is, look, with, with this uh, builder forward, we're making worst case scenario acceptable. Right. And giving you some upside with a two one buy down or a one oh buy down or a three two one. And again, that's possible 
you're you, because the builder forward commitment cost has been excluded from any interested party contributions limits. Yeah. So, you know, you can do that because you still have, and again, you can, you only have so much margin, right? You can't give the house right. away for free. And that's why it's important to talk through these numbers and to understand exactly what that cost is upfront. Yeah. And, and we can help, you know, again, we, we can help you do that, whether you do it with us or somebody else. Okay. So just like we talked about the psychology of the consumer, the builders listening are saying, wait a minute, all this sounds really good. And there's gotta be, there's gotta be some cons to the pros. So let's talk about the, the risk of a forward commitment for a builder. Can you, can you clarify that part of the process? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the, the largest risk of the forward commitment is you are obligated to pay that commitment fee, whether you sell the houses or not. Now, there's a wide range of when you have to pay that commitment fee in, in the market. Initially, when these first came out, everyone was saying, hey, you need to pay this fee up front. Some yep. lenders now will finance that, right? So you're you're going to sign a promissory <laughs> note that says, hey, in the end of 120 days, yeah, you have to you have to pay us this amount. Interesting. Uh, the, the, the term of the commitment. So, And, and the this, theory there being that the hand money they're going to collect or the down payments will help fund that at the end of the day? Well, like, the theory there being you're going to sell those houses and the builder is going to be able to recoup, you know, get that cash back. And then it makes that their ability to take the forward commitment a little bit easier yeah. from yeah. a cash flow standpoint. Because in that case, I mean, I don't have like a, uh, the right sound effect to go, but it is it really if I mean, you are it is a forward commitment, but if you don't have to pay it until the home's going to close. So, again, just for people like me listening, if you have to if you have to pay over 120 days but half of the homes you're selling are going to close and you're going to get the proceeds from the, those closings in the first 60 days. Yep. This is an easier pill to swallow. Yep. And again, and, and just one thing to clarify there, you can take a forward in theory on a new construction, but each of these, these, I mean, they're, they're, they truly are trades. We're taking short yeah. positions in uh, you know, in some financial instrument and then delivering these to, at a guaranteed rate. That sounds too complicated to go further into, but whenever he says trades, something else is happening. Yes. So, so there's a duration, right? There's a time period that these loans have to close and fund so that we can then deliver them and, you know, and then be able to take your next trade for you. So most of the trades that we're taking out are for 120 days, which really means we need those loans to you know fund or record, depending on the state you're in, in about 100 days. Right. Give us a couple of weeks to make sure that we can satisfy all of our obligations and avoid any pair off or over delivery fees. OK, let's talk about the non-financial really big upside to forward commitments from my ex previous experience. And you tell me if you're still hearing the same uh, from people who are doing this is it creates genuine urgency no matter the market condition, because that pool of funds is what it is. Now, of course, the builder could choose to buy another forward commitment and continue the program. But you don't have to tell your sales team that. And so we would always just say, look, our average sales price currently is $425,000. We've secured $4 million. Good luck. But we're not reserving this this much for this community or each salesperson gets this amount. It's first come, first served. And the race is on, which then allowed the, the salesperson to communicate, communicate the same thing to their customer of this isn't you know a high pressure pitch. I'm just telling you the reality of how this financing opportunity exists is we can only do this for the next $4 million or $5 million in sales. And if you're looking at a $750,000 house, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you know that's a big percentage of that. And we want to make sure 
you get locked in sooner than later. Yep. I think you're, I think you're exactly right. And it is, and it's, and it's true. It's, it's honest, right? We, we have this for the next four customers mm-hmm. and we need to close these loans by, you know, 1231, right? We, it, it really does create urgency because there is urgency. That's nice. the downside of the builder is if you don't move these products, that commitment fee, you're going to pay it. Now, whether you paid it up front or you paid it 120 days. And that's why we want to make sure everyone that we take a commitment with, we want to understand your marketing strategy. We want to make sure that you are very clear in your communications. I've met with some sales teams so that they can ask you know us questions about, hey, how does this work? What if this happens? What if this happens? So that they're ready on day one. They take the trade. That marketing immediately goes out blasts on social, they have signage, whatever what, whatever their marketing strategy is, that this is integrated from day one because when we take that trade, you know, every time the sun sets, we're down one more day. I love it. Okay, anything else we haven't covered that people need to know other than uh, link in the show notes uh, to your email and your cell phone? What else do people need to know about this that we haven't talked about? No, I think, um, look, this is a podcast, so it's boring to go through the numbers. Things that you need to understand is, look, if the forward commitments don't work great for second homes or investment properties, right? So the the standard loan level price adjustments from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac apply on these transactions. So in in most cases, if if you're trying to sell an investment property, that might be 300 basis points, could be as high as 360. So that could double the cost of your forward commitment if you open it up to people with investment properties and second homes. So these are primarily geared towards uh, your specs, your move-in readies, whatever, however you want to, you know, sell your specs um, that are for, you know, the target audience, our audience's primary occupancy. You can do them for second homes or investment properties. Just understand you're going to add that. It's an extra three points. Yeah. Okay. And then just a reminder for what we talked about earlier as well, you might be thinking, well, we don't have any inventory left to sell. That's awesome. Uh, you're going to wish you had a little bit of inventory in the spring, I think. I think the spring is going to be a little better than than many people might be thinking it's going to be. But I would talk to Brock right now anyway and just say, hey, tell me a little bit more about this opportunity for commitments on new build just so that you're already aware of how the programs uh, are are set up for that spring market. Because if you could sell more pre-sales and not have to do as much speculative building, your margins will be better, one, and two, your risk will be lower. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing, Kevin, we haven't touched on is, uh, and I'm happy to walk through this with anyone as well, is if you're going to discount your purchase price by 10%, you're crazy. Uh, Yes. The bang for the buck on a builder forward at 10%. I mean, your your borrower's going to have a monthly savings of, depending on your price point, four or $500 a month. If you if you spend the same amount of money in a price reduction on a, as, as you would on a builder forward, your borrower is in a much better situation from a payment standpoint, um, yeah. and you are in exactly the same position. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I would maybe position it this way, that the triple threat really is the combination of the following, a forward commitment of some sort. I don't think you need to get in the threes, fours, or necessarily, I mean, fives are great. I think the last John Burns result uh, survey was anything that's in the five and a half area is is doing the job of, of making it a big enough difference that the consumers pay attention, but some type of forward commitment. The second is some form of price signal, but it doesn't have to be more than like a thousand bucks. 
it, it just has, and I wouldn't, I'm not a big fan still, and some people disagree with me of was now pricing or is, you know, that's not communicating value to the consumer. However, no price reductions during the time of the year or market condition might mean that it seems like you're not paying attention to reality. So some really, really small reduction just to say, like, we're paying attention. And then the third piece um, would be some type of, of something that reduces the amount of out-of-pocket expense that they have. And again, not that you couldn't end up rolling that into another buy-down of some sort instead, but that like a little bit of money that's flexible and the forward commitment together. And then for bonus points, some type of small, I mean, you look right now on, on Zillow, it's, it's pretty fascinating. The number of, if, if a house ever has any price reduction, the number of views and activity on that property just go through the roof in comparison to a house right next to it. That isn't. Um, but yeah, I, I can put, there's no reason to drop 10% or let's, let's think about it another way, Brock. I, I've seen builders offering six, 7% uh, buyer's agent commissions to try to get leads in the door. Holy smokes. Not, yep. I mean, that's a, that, that money could absolutely be spent on, on a better way to bring consumers into you than giving yep. it just to the buyer's agent. Yep. And, and that's the funny thing is, is the, the average builder forward that we've taken down probably costs about four and a half points, right? Because they've been varying rates and the, the builders that we're taking these with continue to get smaller. I mean, we have one builder who has one project, 10 units, right? They have the last three they need to move. You do not need to be Lennar in order to, to, to do a builder forward. Now you can be, uh, you know, this could be your side gig, quite frankly, at this point. Well, but then the reality is you are still probably competing with someone like Lennar. So you've yep. got to get that. Yep. Yeah. I have to lead uh, to your point again, you at least have to have a full understanding because if you're going to try to somehow sell against it, not advised, um, you <laughs> at least better understand how the heck it works. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on Brock. Really appreciate it. I, he only had everyone like less than 24 hours notice and he hopped on and was like, all right, what do you want to talk about? I was like, <laughs> we're going right now. We're going to hit the button. So really appreciate it. This is incredibly helpful information for everyone listening. And um, yeah, make sure you reach out and, and touch base with Brock and the folks at Intercap. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.